are Haas Talks Health. Thanks for joining us as we share our personal journey to health by researching and interviewing our way through wellness-related topics. I'm your host, Alyssa Haas. So I was just listening to one of my past podcasts trying to figure out like, oh wait, I had talked about this right before I shared it with somebody else. It's not like I just sit around listening to my own podcasts. I'm not that self-absorbed, but it did make me miss sharing on my podcast. And I remember there was kind of this awkward time where Sage was just nursing at that time of night when I usually have my free time to be working. And there was any other time of day that I tried to do it. Basically, she co-slept and uh, what do you call it? Contact slept during naps. So it was just a really hard time to get a podcast going. And so I kind of turned it into whenever I want to share about something like I'm really passionate about in the moment, then I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to share it. In the near future, I do want to get back to making the podcast a more regular thing. I know I had originally been putting them out every Friday, I think it was. Anyway, I just had a few things that I wanted to talk about. I just thought it'd be fun to jump around a little bit. We'll see how this goes. You guys can like message me on Instagram or my website and let me know. I think you can leave comments on here too. I'm not sure. Wherever you're listening to podcasts, tell me if you can leave a comment or not by leaving a comment and I'll see if I can find it. I am exhausted today. My feet hurt so bad. We have been using the crap out of the citrus in our neighborhood. That is such a weird way to put it. I should not have put it that way. I live in Arizona. I live in the desert and so many people have citrus trees here and it's insane to me how many people don't use the citrus off their trees. I mean, a lot of people do, don't get me wrong, but some people just like let it fall and rot. I also shouldn't be that annoyed because then people in our neighborhood let me have their citrus. It's, oh my gosh, there's so much they don't know what to do with. They're like, just get rid of it. We have a friend who has a lemon tree and we went and like cleaned off her lemon tree. I am embarrassed by the amount of lemons that I took from her, but not that embarrassed because I took them still. (laughs) I added it up and we had 6.5 gallons of lemon juice from it that I put in baggies and put in the freezer. And of course I got it everywhere. It was all over the floor, it was all over the counter, sticky, nothing compared to honey. Like nothing compares to honey with the stickiness. I was like, this is nothing. Uh, my neighbor was helping me. It was so much fun and it's so much fun to find ways to use citrus, to use the food around me because I feel like everyone thinks like, oh, we, you know, I'm not that self-sufficient. We don't really have that many resources, but the resources that we do have, we definitely often take them for granted. So I would encourage you find the things that are around you and find ways that you can use them Find ways that you can store them find ways that you can keep them find ways that you can share them food is abundant in our world We don't have a food shortage issue at this point. Let's not get political, but we do have a distribution issue All right, so let's talk about the quality of food now because that's what's crazy to me I'm like this citrus is gold. This is better than what I can buy organic at the store This is the best It's the best tasting. It's local. It's fresh. It's amazing and people should be hopping all over this I buy this at the health food store for like way more than this It's not as great a quality still because sometimes it's still outsourced even though it's certified organic it's still outsourced from outside of the United States it's still produced in bulk amounts that are bred genetically to travel well not to taste the best that it can if you didn't know that they breed food to be able to travel well and last a long time their main priority is not the taste of it it's obviously up there a little bit this citrus is just the best you can get I've been thinking a lot about that and the quality of food and I've learned a 
a ton about the quality of food and the quality of inorganic food that's been sourced from outside the United States versus one that's here that's from a local seller that's not certified organic because that is my story. With honey, I see that. People say, well, I just buy the raw organic Arizona honey from Costco and it's way cheaper than yours. They don't say it like that usually. Maybe a couple people do, just maybe like some sassy old lady at a market and they never say it to me. They're never rude to me. Just trying, I think because he's a guy. Having that be my story has made me think, what about other food? Could this possibly be the case for other food as well? The more that I look into it, the more that I find, yep, it's the case. We started sourcing our maple syrup from a small family farm in Vermont called the Gateway Farms. It's this adorable family and they put a picture of their family in every order and I kind of want to do that because it just makes me fall in love with them and want to buy their maple syrup all the time. Obviously, that's what I want people to do when they see our, when they get an order delivered of our honey. I'm always dealing ideas for business from everywhere. So maple syrup we get from there, it's not certified organic, but it is fresh. It is from this, I mean, it's a family of six, a mom, a dad, and four kids, I think. And they have their own maple syrup farm. Follow them on Instagram. It's so fun to walk. I've been looking into other foods as well. I started looking into olive oil, which Trent knows a ton about olive oil. He's been interested in it for a while. I feel like he kind of like gets interested in something and then I get interested in it afterwards. I take all the research that he's already done of the basics and then I add on to that and then I get all the credit for being smart about it when he did a lot of the hard work. So I've been looking into olive oil because we actually have olive trees and I hate to see the olives go to waste, but I literally have no idea how to use them. I tried to look up how to brine olives, how to cure olives because we tried to eat one raw and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. If you have had an olive straight off the tree, it tastes nothing like the olives you buy at the store. I don't know why I thought it would, but you have to like cure them in salt or something so that they're not just like the most ridiculously bitter, nasty thing you've ever tasted. Thank you people in history who figured that out because I would have just been like, nope, this is lost cause. Don't use this thing. This tree is worthless. Like who invented olive oil? Can you imagine? They're like, this tastes disgusting. Let's grind it up, squeeze out the juice, and then separate the oily part from the watery part and use the oily part. I don't know if anybody else thinks about that but me. But anyway, I've been looking into olive oil and I've been learning so much about it. Now I'm just like, I want to find somebody who's like the Haas Bees of olive oil or the Gateway Farms of olive oil. And I love the Queen Creek Olive Mill. I absolutely love it. That's a local olive mill. It's the only producer of um, olive oil in Arizona, commercial producer. The only problem is, is that they run out of olive oil so fast. They have some that they source from other countries that's still, you know, good quality but I want theirs and they run out of it so fast. Even just thinking about organic produce from the store and ways that I could get better quality that don't get me wrong like Costco big warehouse stores that whole like very American like huge capitalistic like warehouse tons of different options tons of different kinds of things all competing for the best price. I love that. I love it. It's amazing. I love having access to so many things 
things. I think it's one of the most beautiful things about capitalism. But I also recognize that I still have the freedom to choose if I want to go buy from a small farm and if I want to pay more money for that. And that's fine too. I'm not going to cut down big warehouse stores. I think it is absolutely amazing. And I would be lying if, if I said that I didn't take advantage of that and recognize how much I benefit from that system of selling and buying food. I love that I can go get a bag of frozen organic blueberries for an incredible price at Costco. And if that's where you're at right now, go for it. I just, you know me, always trying to take things to the next level. <laughs> want to get my blueberries from different sources, want to try wild blueberries, want to try this kind, want to try growing it, want to try local. I want like, such a beautiful variety of everything that I eat. And if you know me and you know my religious persuasion, then you know a little bit about our code for health. Or maybe you are a member of the same church as me and you know about the code for health. It talks somewhat about eating fruit in their season is what it says. It's beneficial health-wise, we believe, to eat things in their season. My personal interpretation of this is not that I shouldn't eat things unless they're in season at that moment. My interpretation of this is that if I live somewhere where something's in season, kind of going back to the idea of the citrus that I talked about earlier, and something's in season, then I should be taking advantage of that and that I will be benefited health-wise by doing that. Studies show the reason that people have so many seasonal allergies is because historically, those things that you're kind of getting like the micro exposure to through the pollen are things that you then are eating and it's the cyclical thing where you're exposed to it, you're eating it, you save it, you store it, you're eating it a little bit this time of year but a lot this time of year and then the connection basically in these studies that I'm talking about that I'm not going to cite because this is years ago that I read these and I'm sorry, I have no idea what they're called or where they're at, but talking about the association between eating things that grow locally around you when they're in season and having a lesser likelihood of having seasonal allergies. I feel like that's another really good reason to support the small farms and the people around you who truly care about the production of the food like us. I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so humble. I am so proud of what we produce. I am so proud of the honey that we produce. I care so much about every step of the process and every bit about the quality of the honey that we produce right down to making sure that we don't harvest it too soon because we let the bees decide when it's ready and cap it off we don't use moisture testers i just love that i don't know if you even know what that means but i'm just telling you that organic produce great small farms local produce even better growing your own so you have that exposure to the pollen and things beforehand to potentially according to these studies that i read like i don't know 10 years ago that i can't cite to you right now but you could maybe google them if anybody finds them please let me know growing your own you are exposed to the pollen and then you eat them and supposedly this is supposed to decrease your risk of both seasonal allergies and food allergies because your body is literally in the environment where this stuff is growing as it's growing. And somehow, I don't know, 
it helped. Okay, I just have to mention this. I feel like I mention this every podcast, but it is so important for me to mention this and help people recognize this. All the things that I share are not to make you feel guilty about the olive oil that you use or the honey that you use or things like that. It's to help you maximize your health. It's the idea of maximizing your health versus making changes to your food or your diet for fear of hurting it. I don't want you to be obsessed with this idea of like, this is going to hurt my body, so I have to do this. It's a slight difference in mentality and the actions that you take might be the exact same, but focusing on it from a point of maximizing your health, of optimizing your health versus fearing hurting your body because that puts into your mind the idea that your body is not resilient, that it can't heal itself, and it totally can. We just want to give it a little bit of help, a little bit of extra strength. We want to just totally knock it out of the park. Why not be as healthy as we possibly can, right? Oh my gosh, I've been looking at couches recently, guys. I don't know. This isn't like a random ad in the middle of the podcast. As soon as I said that, I was like, this is totally what that sounds like. It just popped in my brain. Also, this popped in my brain. So I'm going to interrupt my interruption. It was really hard for me to go from like pandemic mode sharing on Instagram to go back to like making friends. And I still like feel like I have trouble with it a little bit sometimes because I went from like constantly giving information and constantly speaking entertaining people to then like having this relationship where it's like give and take and I've never had this problem in my life before I've never been this person but sometimes I'll find myself just like talking and talking and talking and I'm like what that's weird I've never worried about being that person I've never been that person before I guess it comes with the territory of this type of work I'm obviously coming here to give all this information and hear nothing in return on my podcast but then let me tell you it is a little bit of a transition to then going and talking to somebody in real life first of all you can't be like as abrasive about like what you think also you're not supposed to be there just solving people's problems when it's a friend you're supposed to be supporting them and so sometimes I have trouble doing that and I hope I don't offend people when I'm like oh you should do this and here's this and I'll link this and here's this so if you are my friend in real life and you're listening to this just be patient with me it's hard to make that transition it's It's hard to know, okay, now I'm in the space where I share and share and share and then I get little bits back in return like hours or days or even months or weeks later commenting and having that dialogue or like a back and forth conversation in real life with a friend in person. It's just different. It was a hard transition. It was crazy to me to be like, wow, I'm that person who like has to think like, oh wait, let the other person talk because I'm used to filling up all the space and then they can talk after I'm done. I'm trying not to do that in real life. I don't know why that came into my brain, but I have been having trouble finding a couch. It is so hard to find a couch that's not full of toxic chemicals. And I know I've talked about how we bought a used couch in the past. And as I've been learning about it more, I think it's great that we bought a couch that has off-gassed. And some of the PFAs or PFCs, the poly and pre-fluorinated chemicals, the stain-resistant properties they put on the top of it, have somewhat worn off just onto people who sat on the couch before we owned it. I actually have been learning about the flame-retardant chemicals in the padding of the couch within the couch that break down over time. Actually, at the same time as you are off-gassing the couch, those types of things are breaking down and being released. So it actually gets worse for you over time. So I don't know. 
I'm not trying to like be difficult and I'm not trying to be like, oh my gosh, everyone's couch is poisoning them. Even though we are exposing ourselves to a lot of crap that you don't realize just through your couch and your rug and anything that you put in your environment. I'm just saying all of us crazy people who think about it first and are picky, we're the ones who provide options in the future for the rest of you. So you're welcome. You are so welcome. Okay. Even trickling down to the people who don't even care about it at all, it benefits them eventually because we push for things to change. Just like how they no longer have uh, flame retardant chemicals in a lot of baby gear and household stuff because they finally realized after so many people were pushing for it and so many people were like, oh my gosh, stop using this, that the benefits actually don't outweigh the risk because you're more likely, you're 100% likely to have a negative effect on your health. You're exposed to your couch, you're exposed to that versus the likelihood of your couch catching on fire and it being the cause that your house burns down faster. Anyway, oh man, let's see. What else should we talk about? Well, I I don't know. I've been like contemplating talking about this because Trent and I both had dreams when we were when I was pregnant with Brighton that we would have 3 kids. And we've been talking about getting pregnant again soon. And I've really felt like it would be a very beneficial thing to talk about pregnancy. And even just the beginning stages of pregnancy and trying to get pregnant from this point of view of doing it in a very natural, unmedicated, unassisted way just from the very beginning. Because a lot of people don't talk about getting pregnant and they don't talk about pre-pregnancy and what they do to prepare. Even less people talk about it from the perspective that I have on it. And it's a vulnerable place to be and it's a vulnerable thing to talk about because I don't want to share ingenuinely and it's easier for me to share about something when I'm going through it or have just gone through it. And so I've been preparing for that, talking about pregnancy as I'm going through it. And with both Brighton and Sage, Brighton, I think we announced our pregnancy when I was like five months I wish I could say I was just the most glamorous like goddess of a pregnant lady but I was not and I did not like being pregnant despite wanting to love it. It was just very difficult for me not only like physically illness wise mentally emotionally I felt awkward about it. It was a hard transition for me. I was not like I did not make that like graceful transition into motherhood by any means. I had a very rough time with this and watching other people go through that and be so graceful through it it's beautiful and I love it and I'm so happy for them because I would not want anyone to have that awkward not terrible but just the transition like being pregnant and just the idea of like I don't know I just felt like this thing this machine and I didn't want to but I just did I made some strides with Sage and I did a little bit better I also don't like being seen as weak I already have so many I don't know if you would call them insecurities maybe yeah let's just call them insecurities insecurities is about that just from just from my own life experience and my own struggles I don't like to be seen as weak especially when I don't have to be because sometimes I am very weak and I don't like people seeing that it's something that I'm learning to get over a little bit I'm a little prideful I don't like it when other people know when I am not feeling well just to be vulnerable 
in that way pregnancy like you can see the bump like you can see it everyone knows so it just felt very vulnerable for me to share that with literally anybody who looked at me after five months you know like the awkward six seven months and then eight months you start to like actually show and look pregnant and it was just like very hard I didn't like it I didn't like having my picture taken any of that but this next time I really want to try to embrace it I think I don't want to say any for sure's because I definitely don't want to be that person that's like this is the last time I'm getting pregnant and then get pregnant again and be totally embarrassed that I like went back on what I said I did or that people will be like oh my gosh like she just doesn't know how to not get pregnant I don't know I don't know why I'm worried about that I don't care I believe this to be my last pregnancy. I know when I was pregnant with Sage. Sorry, it, I made it sound like I was pregnant now and I'm not. I'm not pregnant right now. I cannot be pregnant right now because we're going on a cruise next February. And so I have to at least wait so that I'm not eight or nine months pregnant or have a baby on that cruise because you can only put four people in a cabin and I do not want to go back and cancel a reservation for either Trent or I and put us in another room. I know that is such like a first world problem. That's such a first world problem to have like with planning your family. That's that sounds so terrible. This is an awesome, amazing family vacation experience where Trent gets to go visit the island that he used to live on and Brighton gets to go to the Bahamas and swim with the pigs, which she's watched videos on and she's always wanted to do. And I get to go to Saint-Martin and St. Kitts and Nevis and um, there's one other one. I can't even remember. Anyway, we're very excited to go on this cruise, but once I booked it, I was like, okay, we need to like wait now and not try to get pregnant until after you guys can do the math if you really want to like oh my gosh when's she gonna start trying again I don't care at this point I'm trying to be really open about it because I don't know that I will announce very soon after but I think I'm not gonna wait as long as I did with Brighton or Sage Brighton I announced I think when I was five months Sage I announced when I believe I was four months it might have been five still honestly I just waited until I was showing I was like okay people are just gonna know now so I have to tell everybody anyway but I would like to help people in that area because I really wish that I had that resource. Um, it can feel a little bit lonely sometimes. I know there's a lot of really awesome resources for labor, delivery, and like natural pregnancy, but just like, you know, another person who sees eye to eye with you on things and watching them go through it, it could mean a lot. Like I would have loved that, especially with my first. So I want to be that resource to somebody. I'm trying to get there emotionally and mentally so that I am open to doing that and I think it will help me a lot and I just really want to fully embrace this especially as potentially my last pregnancy I just want to be so happy about it I want to just embrace the bump and be like look how cute I am even though I did not feel cute pregnant at all with my girls I just felt like either you couldn't tell that I was pregnant for so long or one of the big things was like I felt like my stomach was too small I feel like I grew all over and my stomach just grew like a tiny bit and I know that sounds like a lame thing to complain about, but I don't know. I want to love it and I'm trying and I did better with Sage, but you guys, I tried to do maternity photos. It did not go well. I almost walked home. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I know you guys have been seeing me do ice baths lately. If you haven't, then you can go on my Instagram, Hosby's Honey. I think most of the people who listened to, listen to this podcast also follow me on Instagram, but some don't. So my ice bath, I've been loving it. I usually go once every two weeks. 
I would love to start going every week. It's just that I live half an hour away from Reconnect. So it's an hour of travel time plus an hour of being there. It's a two hour commitment in the morning and they don't open until 7 a.m. But I can't afford to go during later in the day with my schedule. And I know people will say like, you need to prioritize yourself, da da da. But it just doesn't fill with my schedule and I'm choosing to not prioritize it, okay? I take full responsibility for that. <laughs> if you wanna learn more about my ice bath journey and the 14 day challenge that I did do, you can look on my Instagram. I did ice bath 12 days, Sundays off, two weeks in a row. My skincare, so I had so many migraines off and on last week. It was terrible. I should have gone and done more ice baths than I did, which I usually do extra when I have a migraine. And I did do one extra, but all of that to say that I've been having a ton of migraines. I think it's just the changes in the weather that's what I'm telling myself because I've been trying so many different things and I've been like getting up early because that seems to help weirdly enough which that could be also looked into in our code of health I'm writing a book guys I am writing a book it's gonna be amazing it's about my interpretations and my understanding and my collection of knowledge pertaining to the codes of health that my religious scripture holds I'm really excited I know that doesn't fit all of you guys it mostly fits if you are a member of my church but still you guys could be excited with me right I'm writing a book about this it's a really cool story about how I got onto that and how it's all happening and I should dedicate an entire podcast to it skincare that's what I was originally I don't know how I got off on the other stuff skincare I'm 31 guys oh yeah this is what it was I've been having a ton of migraines and so I haven't made it to the store to buy new makeup I ran out of blush lip color which I used the blush for my lip color that's how fancy I am I just use it for both foundation and I use juice beauty because I know somebody's gonna ask juice beauty it's organic it's amazing I love it and then my eyebrow pencil that's the majority of what I use every day uh not every day I guess just when I wear makeup but since I haven't been back I've been like oh my gosh I need to take care of my skin better because I don't have any makeup on so I have some stuff that I've been using from spa minks that Trent got me for Christmas I have no idea how to use it or if I'm using it right I know it's amazing organic awesome quality stuff I don't know what it does I don't know if I'm doing it right all that but I've been putting it on my face and proud of myself for doing that because I've never had a skincare routine I need to do figure out a skincare routine but I've also been still using crude and I know I've talked about it on here I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on here which is crazy because I talk about it all the time and I give my code and I know people use it but I have never seen one pay out so I need to go and figure out what's up with that because there's some disconnect and and then the other thing I thought is what if somebody else has the same code as me and I'm just like sending them all this like <gasps> I mean like I only get 10% it's not a big deal but if you use my code Alyssa20 at crude I believe it's crudelife.com you can get 20% off and it's the makeup remover that I use and the face quote wash that I use it's basically a blend of oils it is the first face wash that I've ever used in my life that doesn't irritate my skin make it feel super dry make it break out make it feel red and I used one of the Clarisonic brushes and I was like oh this is gonna be so amazing like I've never really had bad skin but everyone always seems to use face wash and everyone always seems to use all this stuff and I'm like oh well then I just feel like I should too and whenever people would ask me what I used I'd be like Oh, I, I don't know. Being honest, I just used water. I just wiped my face up with water. If I couldn't get my makeup off with water uh, when I was younger, I would just use a little bit of coconut oil. And it wasn't because I was like trying to be all natural. It's because that's what I had and it was cheap and I knew it worked. So people ask me, I don't know what to recommend to them.
them. But then I realized this idea that it just look up crude because it's awesome that you have this microbiome of your skin and you can interrupt that with all these harsh things. And that's why my face would get all red and break out and actually hurt the more that I tried. And when I would just use water and be like, whatever, it was fine because I did have a healthy microbiome. So this oil, the cleansing oil is what it's called. Um, it just cleanse and that's the product that I use. I use the microfiber towels, which I was afraid would hurt my face because even a regular washcloth, if I wish wash my face with a regular washcloth, it irritates my skin and makes it all red. I use their microfiber cloths, which I know somebody else commented like that releases microplastics into the environment, but uh, it's working for me right now. Sorry out you know there's things i talk about that you're like i'm not ready to hear that okay there's things that believe it or not i'm not ready to hear yet either so i'm using my microfiber cloth still with this crude cleanse oil i used it and i expected my skin to feel like raw afterwards and it didn't and it's something that i could honestly use every day even though i don't and it would still be great i've been looking into frownies too have you guys ever heard of frownies instead of botox because i just like i started looking into botox it's like i don't have wrinkles i want to be so beautiful my whole life like trent deserves that he's such a great husband i just want to look so great all the time for him and i just did not feel good about botox did not feel good about it. Don't judge anyone else who uses it, but I did not feel good about Botox for myself. It was like a hard no from my intuition telling me, Alyssa, do not use Botox. So I was like, okay, fine. So I'm looking into frownies. I don't know like what they use in their adhesive. I'm sure it's better than Botox. That might be how I justify it, but it's basically just like these sticky pads you stick on your face so that you don't wrinkle up. It basically makes your forehead like keep itself from wrinkling in your sleep and then you take it off and it's like your wrinkles are gone for the day and you keep wearing it every night um so basically just like forces your muscles and your face to relax because it's like holding your skin still basically what botox does but instead of actually paralyzing your muscles with the bovine bacteria it's just from the surface holding your head still obviously you're not going to wear that all day but you wear it when you sleep and you take it off when you get up in the morning i've been looking into that tell me if you tried it okay reach out to me tell me if you guys have tried frownies i bought something that was supposedly like the equivalent of frownies and it smelled weird it was like the Chinese ripoff version. And I was like, no, I don't really want this to soak into my skin. So I just threw it away. Maybe the regular frownies one doesn't have chemical adhesive in it. It's like, it's like, um, like moleskin. It looks like moleskin, but I just wanted to keep it real, share some stuff that I've been thinking about, bounce some ideas off you. Leave me a five-star review. I've heard that helps other people see my podcast. I don't know that much about podcasting. All I know is they sent me this thing saying that I was in the top 150 for my category in the United States. And I was like, either that means that I'm just knocking it out of the park or there's like zero people talking about alternative health on podcasts podcasts which both no no the second one is quite likely the first one let's just go with that though let's decide that it's that because we can top 150 woohoo but leave me a five-star review and leave me a rating or what do they call it i don't i will be better at this um leave me a review i believe it's a review on my podcast saying how awesome it is how much you benefit from listening to it i would love that if you do obviously be honest. If you don't love it, then just don't write a review. <laughs> All right. Bye. We are Hot Talks Health.